All right, so we all know prayer is important. We all know it's a real important part of our spiritual life, and not just spiritual life, but life in general. Uh, we, we all understand that the Scripture teaches us that God hears us when we pray, that God responds to us. Now, the response may not be always what we ask for because God asks, he, he answers us abundantly above all we ask or think. So that means that when I throw it out, He sets it through His whole processing, and He answers according to His will because it's always better than my will. It's always better than what I want. So we know it's important, and we also know we need to do more of it. So we're not trying to throw any condemnation on. So let's, let's kind of just let that kind of slide. We all know we need to pray more. We all know we need to stay more connected with God. I like, I like my definition that Dallas Willard, I can't wait to get to heaven and see him. Dallas Willard, if you've got anything written by Dallas Willard, read it, read it, read it, go buy it, get it. It is wonderful stuff. He has a definition of prayer. Prayer is me talking to God about the things that we're doing together. Isn't that good? So you got some things you're doing with God? Well, hopefully all of your life. Hopefully your marriage. Hopefully raising those kids. Hopefully doing all the things that you do at work and all the things you're doing with your business. Hopefully you have learned that the secret of life is not just doing life and not being successful. The secret of life is learning to partner with God and to get Him involved. In what we're doing so that, and, and us getting involved in what God is doing. That's important. So prayer is this idea. Now we, we also know that prayer is, it's asking, right? It's asking if I have needs. Jesus is very plain about it. To ask. Ask, seek, and knock. He kind of puts those three together. So, so prayer is asking. Prayer is requesting. Prayer is this, this conversation. Are we better now? That's a picture of my little girl. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Let's see what we got here. Oh, what'd you do? Did you do it? Okay, tell me later in case it happens again. All right, so, so prayer is, is not, but it's, it's me expressing myself. It's me expressing my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm casting my cares or my burdens. I'm taking them. That's prayer, right? That's one dimension of it. But there's also this other side of prayer that is this idea of me listening to God. It's, it's not, you know, I, I, when I was writing all that down, I thought about a time. I, I, was, I think I was 17 or 18 years old, and we, we had a tournament we were playing in Biloxi from Memphis we were driving from Memphis to Biloxi that's about five six hour drive and I rode with the coach and there were two other guys that rode in the back seat of the truck and so we're, we're going and going and, and I got to talking and I don't know about y'all how do y'all do it but you know sometimes when I get wound up and I talk I don't know when to quit <laughs> that is not a good time so hey man now you don't got to say nothing but I, I got to talking and we, we were riding down and I got to talking I got to talking I got to talking we got to Biloxi, the coach, just a wonderful guy, loved him to pieces. The coach looked at me and said, Laney, you have not shut up this whole trip. Keep your mouth shut the rest of the day. I'm like, really? Was I talking the whole time? Well, see, that's sometimes how we treat prayer, that we just talk the whole time. And, you, you know, it's very annoying to be with somebody keeps talking all the time they don't give you a chance to speak they don't even give you they're not listening to you you're trying to breathe 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 i gotta i gotta get it anybody know anybody like that no don't throw no elbows no nothing like that so so another art form of prayer is learning to listen learning to be still that's a big part of prayer see prayer is not done when you're done Prayer is this, this setting before God, learning to sit still in God's presence. 
It's, it's this practice, practice of solitude and silence. And you know, when, when folks have been hanging around each other for a little while, and maybe been married a little while, or, 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 or just friends for a little while, there's not always something that has to be said. Sometimes it's just sitting there. Sometimes it's just me and you and a glass of tea and we're just sitting on the porch. And, you know, we, we're interjecting conversation here and there. But, but us being together is the deal. You know that kind of thing? That's when you know you got a friend. Right? So, so this, this put into your prayers, your prayer time, put into this idea of listening. Zip the lip, sit still, and just listen. What if God doesn't say anything? That may be his point. What if he does say something? Well, you respond accordingly. But listen. Look at somebody and say, listen. That's a big, big part of praying. All right, so we incorporate some of that into these next few days as we pray together. So, so it's this idea of silence, this idea of what we call communion. I know we call communion the, 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 the uh, holy communion, all that kind of thing, the bread and the wine. Uh, but, but there's the idea of that kind of communion is what's bringing us into communion with God, into this union, communion, like this communication, this union that we have with God. So that's prayer. You're, you're getting with God, being with him. All right. We're going to see Jesus doing some of that. So, so the idea of us being Jesus followers is that we have responded to Jesus, his call. Jesus has made a call over all of our lives. That's why we're here. We're from all different walks of life, all different ages and stages. We are here because we've heard something from him and he called us with these two words. He came in some shape, form, or fashion. He said, come and follow me. Follow me. Well, if somebody says, come follow you, what, what, what's going to be your next question? Where are we going? Where are we going? Follow me. Jesus says, follow me. So he's, he's taking us on a journey. He, he's got the destination in mind. Now, I, I, I can tell you, if you ask Jesus where you're going, you don't always get a straight answer. I'm, I'm just telling you. <laughs> he, he, Jesus takes walks uh, like my granddaddy used to go run errands. He would say, you know, Papa would say, oh, oh we're going to go to the grocery store. And, and on the way to the grocery store, we stopped and get a haircut. And then we stopped and pulled over in Joe's house and we saw something. And he had to return the rake. And then we over here, we go over here. You want some ice cream, son? And we, yeah, that'd be great. Get some ice cream. And then he said, oh, I got, I got to go over here and pay the bill. That's when you had to go places to pay bills. You know what I'm talking about? He'd go over here and pay the water bill. And then I, I said, Papa, we're going to the grocery store. Well, yeah, we're going to the grocery store. We're headed there. <laughs> Anybody know that kind of deal? <laughs> so that's how the old time. That's how Jesus leads us a lot of times. He said, we're going here. Like, like, Abraham, I'm taking you to a place. I'm going to show you a land. Well, you know, 25 years later, he's looking at something. Seriously. Because to God, it's not about the destination. It's about the following. It's about the journey. It's about the walk. You understand that? That's what it's about. That's what he wants out of our life. He comes, says, come follow me. So as we follow him, we understand that he is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And I'm interested in that idea of the way, that Jesus is the way. He's the way. The way to what? Well, he says that nobody comes to the Father. except So he's the way to the Father. He's the way to help us get to God. But do you know that he's also, he, he knows the way to raise your family. He, he knows the way to manage your money. He knows the way for you to help manage your body. All of your physical appetites and all the things that we have concerning our body. He, he, he knows how, he knows the way for healing for your soul. He called it rest. He knows the way on how you should manage your job. He knows the way how to manage your business. He knows the way how to live. 
You, you get what I'm talking about? So we, we oftentimes just hear preachers talk about Jesus is the way to heaven. And thank God he is. He's paved that road for us. But he's also the way to live. And that's kind of what I'm interested in. I'm interested in going into the Gospels, seeing Jesus as the way that we need to pray. So we're going to talk about pray like Jesus. Now, this is what we're going to do. Did I tell you to go to Mark chapter 1, verse 5, or 35, excuse me? Let's go over there. Let's see where we're at. Can you see those on the screen? Is that big enough for you? Well, it depends on who you are, I guess. <laughs> All right, so let, let's, let's go and see Jesus praying, okay? I think we did a study similar to this on Wednesday nights, probably about three plus years ago, something like that. Uh, but let's get, kind of get into a little bit more detail. All right, so I want you to get some clues. Now, we're not always going to hear Jesus praying. There are a couple places we'll get to where we'll hear him speak. But sometimes we're just watching him. So we're picking up on his cues, watching him. See, we're following him, right? So we're, we're, we're hovering over right here as we go, and we're going to look down, and we're going to see Jesus. We're going to follow him, right? Watch this. Mark 1, 35. Now, in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Hmm. Okay. So he went out. What time of day? Well, I'm going to get some of you right here. He went out in the morning. What was this say? Before that. Well, I lost half of you right there. I lost three-fourths of you right there, right? Before daylight, he went out and departed. What, what, what kind of place did he go? What's solitary? What's that? By himself. By himself. So, so let's do this. Let's keep a little accumulation here. I'm going to write some stuff. So what we got? Morning? Is that one idea? Let's just keep adding to our list as we see Jesus. He's praying in the morning. Why, why pray in the morning? Starting, Starting your day off right, right? You, you ought to, the, the day, you're getting your intentions right. You're getting your heart focused right. You're there. And in the evening you pray. Maybe it's more evaluation and things of that nature. But we're starting our day praying in the morning. We're starting our morning off with God and a cup of coffee. You got to have that. I get a little moody if I don't have my coffee. I mean, I, I, I have to confess. I have Jesus and then I don't have coffee. I'm still moody. I got to have Jesus and coffee. Jerry Brown, where you at? You right on that? Okay. So we start off in the morning because we're, we're, we're hitting the reset on our day. So when our, have, have any of y'all been watching The Chosen? That, that, that show called The Chosen? Any of y'all watch some of that? I recommend you watch it. Now, it's got some Hollywood poetic license and things like that. They're filling in some of the gaps, uh, uh, telling some of the storylines of the disciples. Uh, but, but it seems to be pretty accurate to some of the historical stuff we have. And now, again, it's some lead, lead way that they take. But, but it's really good. I, I recommend it. We've been watching it. We got caught up on the, uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime, I believe it is. Uh, go, go watch that. But you'll see Jesus in, in that. And I love the way they, they uh, portray Jesus. He is just a very down-to-earth he cuts up with the disciples and all that kind of stuff. It's really good. It's really good stuff. You'll see in that show if you watch it. They, Jesus gets up and the first thing he does when he gets up, he, he sits in the kind of a crisscross position and he sits there and he prays. It just kind of struck me. I, I was watching it the other night and I just, it just, you know, I, 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 it just touched my heart. I, I don't know why. It just touched me. I just saw him pray. I was like, I, I, I want to be more like that. That when I am awake, I become aware of God. Right? Morning time helps you. So, so morning, 
Learn to pray in the morning. Now, whether it's before the sun, Jesus got up before the sun got up. Okay. I, I, I usually do. I like it. I, I go on my back deck right back here. And I pray. And the sun comes up right over there. And there's just something holy about that. Just something holy about it. I tell you what, try it on. Try it on. All of you folks that stay up to 2 o'clock in the morning, try it on. Right? Try it on. All right. We got, we got another scripture for you in a minute. All right. So now, so we got morning. What was, it, what was the other thing we had? What was the other thing? He was in a solitary place, right? So let, let's, let's write this word alone. You're going to kind of see a pattern starting with this. Jesus prayed alone. I like to say it like this. Jesus prayed alone until he was not alone anymore. You see what I'm talking about? He got alone with God. So, so there comes times. Jesus seems to do it every morning to where he unplugs from this world and he plugs into God's world. It kept him rooted. It kept him grounded. It, it kept him on mission. It, it kept him checked in for orders kind of thing. It kept him aware. He got by himself. And he got with God. Now, I know that may be challenging for some of you who have kids and all that kind of thing. That may be why you need to get up a little earlier, maybe sometimes. I don't know. But if you're going to get up in the morning, that, that's, that kind of talks about intention, doesn't it? Talks about intention. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen. You've got to be intent about it. Right? All right. So he was alone. Now, let, let's, let's go over here. To, I want to show you another scripture right here about that. Psalm 5. Just so if you're not sold on the morning thing. Look at what he says right here. Psalm 5, verse 3. The psalmist says right here, he says, My voice you will hear in the morning. I'm going to be talking to you. Oh, Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. I will look up. One place in the psalms it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And this psalmist writes right here. He says, I am going to wake up. I am going to look up. Why look up in the morning? Well, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can look down on. There's a whole lot of stuff that you can look and get depressed about. But if you would take your eyes and look up to heaven and be mindful of God in your life, it would change your disposition for your day. I promise you. Right? All right, so now let's, let's go over here to Mark 6. Let's pull this up here. Now, basically, all I, all I did when I did this study, I got my Bible. I had a concordance. It's on my computer. And I got a notepad. And I saw that, and I just wrote down what I saw. Okay? All right, so all you folks who are not in the morning thing, this is going to help you out a little bit. Just going. All right, 646. And when he, Jesus, had sent the disciples away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, okay, so now when's he praying? He's praying tonight now. So it's all you non-morning people, evening will work too. And all the time in between. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. And then he saw them straining at rowing. For the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. Now there's a whole different story right there. My, my point is not the story here today. My point is to see Jesus praying, right? The fourth watch. You know what time the fourth watch is? It's from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. 
Jesus is pulling an all-nighter here, evidently. Right? So Jesus is praying. So, so, so let's, let's go back to our pad here. We got, we got this here. We, we, now, so we got morning. We got alone. And now we got evening, right? So is it all right to pray in the evening? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, where, where did it say he went? He went to a mountain to pray. Hmm. See, that's why y'all like to go to Gatlinburg and all that stuff. Y'all like to go to the mountains, don't you? Especially in Tennessee mountains. God lives up there somewhere. About Knoxville, I think. Somewhere in there. I think he's right in there. He's good. <laughs> he's good. No. So, so it, there's something about being at a high place. Now, we're pretty flat right here, so we got to find the highest place you can go is, you can go my deck right over here, about the highest place on this property right over here. But let's use this word. Let's use this word, outside. So Jesus leaves outside of his tent and goes outside to pray. There's something about, I mean, it's all right to pray in here. I come in here and pray all the time. Several of you do too. It's all right to pray in here. It's all right to pray in your car. I do that a lot. It's all right to pray at the house. I hope you had a place at the house. It's all right to pray inside. But I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Go outside and talk to God sometime. I don't know about you, but the last few nights, the moon's been real bright. The sky's been real clear. And there's nothing quite like going out there and saying, Whew, how you doing tonight? He's always fine, by the way. <laughs> he always says, I'm good. <laughs> but now there's something about that. You know, there's something about it. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying in a place. God had Israel and, and the church builds buildings and all that kind of thing. God honors places and sanctuaries and things like that. But there's something special about going outside and praying. Now, I'm not suggesting you, run, you walk 20 miles from the property and get lost in the woods at night. I ain't saying that. Just go on the back porch. Look up, because you know what? When you look up and you see the awesomeness of God and you see the greatness of God and you look up in the heavens and you see the twinkle, twinkle little star and all that kind of stuff and you see the moon glowing and you see the vastness of God, all of a sudden, every care that you got just kind of floats right out there. It's important now. It's important. I enjoy our man-made spaces. But you know what I prefer? I prefer them God-made spaces. That's what I prefer. So get outside. Get outside to pray, and when you're outside, pray. Hmm. Okay, we got some more. Right, all right, look now. Let's pick up another text. All right, so Mark 11. Mark 11, 25. Again, we're just, we're just kind of taking a look here. Now Jesus is going to give us some instruction about prayer and, and some things we need to do as we pray. He says, and whenever you stand... Stand praying. You ever, you ever seen the, uh, the pictures of the, the Jewish folks at the wailing wall? What, what are they usually doing? They're almost always standing right there, right? It's, it's part of their tradition. Jesus took this tradition up too. There's actually a prayer that's called the Amidah. I, I, I may or may not bring that in, but it's, it's a long historical uh, Jewish historical tradition. They prayed a prayer called the Amidah, and it's got several sections to it, and it pray, goes through your whole life praying these, these things. It's highly believed that Jesus took his time praying through that prayer because he connected to the traditions of his people. And, and it's all scriptural based. 
And, and this could be what he's referring to. So he says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Because when you always go to deal with God, he always makes you deal with somebody. That's just the way he works because he loves everybody. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your sins or your trespasses. All right? So now let, let's, let's add another little, little deal here. All right? So we got outside. Now Jesus says, stand. Why stand? Other places tell us to kneel. So no, you, you're not going to really find, you're going to find some patterns, but you're not going to really find a formula. Why would we stand? What does standing signify? What does it signify? Respect. The Queen of England walks in here, you better not sit down. Well, God rest her soul. She's not with us anymore. But if a king walks in, what do you do? If somebody of great honor walks in, it, we stand. You stand in his presence. And nobody sits until he sits, right? That's, that's part of it. It's, it's, it's a respect thing. But it's also, you, you ever heard the phrase standing at attention? And some of you boys have been in the military, right? Maybe some of you ladies have been in the military. And what do they make you do? Why, why do they want you standing? Because you're alert. You're aware. You're focused. You're, you're right. You're, you're not slumped down in your seat. You're not slouching over. You're not leaning down. It's okay to pray laying down. Several times we, we see the psalmist, he's laying before God like this. We see him kneeling before God. But Jesus here talks about when you come and stand before God. Think about that. Maybe sometime you can do this. Whenever you come and stand before God, here, here I am, Lord, just standing before you. Is there anything you want me to do? I'm aware, I'm ready, I'm alert. I'm ready to receive. I'm just standing before you. So he says, stand. Now, there's something else he gave us some instruction too. He said that when you come and stand before God, something's going to happen. And you may have an issue. And you may have to forgive somebody. It's a big part of prayer. Hmm. All right. So what, what was that? Mark. That was Mark 11, right? Let's get a little more, more. Let's go into Luke a little bit. Let's get a couple of these from Luke and then we'll pray. All right. So Luke. Where are we at? Luke 3. You got it? If you're following along, Luke 3, 21. Yeah, 21. I got a list of scriptures here. I'm trying to skip through some of them. Luke 3, 21. Now, we're going to go to the baptism of Jesus right here. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. Hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence. Jesus is being baptized. He's being inaugurated into his ministry. John the baptizer is here with him, right? He's being inaugurated in his ministry and he takes time and he prayed. And when Jesus prayed, the heavens were opened. What does it mean to have the heavens opened? Well, the opposite is understandable. When the heavens are closed and it feels like there's no ear listening to your prayer. We know what that feels like. Imagine having heaven open to where there's just unrestricted access. There's a flow from him. There's a flow from me. And it's just open. It's just open to me. Heaven is open. That, that God's person is open to us. 
when the heavens are open. And it's no mistake, Jesus prayed at that time. Now, going through some of this, I, I was like, Lord, what, what did you say? You ever thought about that kind of thing when you see somebody like, wonder, wonder, wonder what he said? And we, we have no clue whatsoever. Wonder what he said. And I asked the Lord, I, I said, why didn't you write that down? Because I want the transcript. You know, I want, I want, I want what you said because I'm going to say it. And he said, that's why I don't say what I said, because I don't want you to say what I said. I want you to say what you got to say. Did you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> that's what he told me. I said, what did you say? And he said, I'm not, I didn't tell you what I said on purpose, because I don't want you to recite everything that I say. I want it to come out of your heart, and I want you to have your relationship with God and not just say what I say. Now, it's important that we learn to pray Scripture and all that kind of thing, but he didn't say those words on purpose. He didn't write them down on purpose. Because guess whose voice God likes to hear? Guess whose heart he wants to hear? Yours. Let's see. All right. So, so Jesus, he prays there. I, I don't, we don't have anything to write down right there. We, we kind of already have. All right, so go, go to 5. Luke 5. 5.16. All right, so a pattern is starting to emerge here. 5.16 of Luke. So he himself, Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Oh, okay. So, so what we have again, we got, let's write that again so we see a pattern. It's all right to repeat. The Bible often does. It's trying to get us to a message. He withdrew. He pulled away from them so he could spend time with him, right? He withdrew from them. In other words, again, the analogy, he unplugged from them, withdrew. He unplugged from them so he could plug into God. Because you know good and well that you can't always plug into him as long as you plug into them. That'd be great if them and him and us could all get together and go and do our thing. But them ain't always coming. Them don't always want to come. Them always can't come. So I have to say, I got to have a minute. And, they, and he withdrew. All right, so we see this, this alone thing. What, what was the other? It says, he withdrew to a wilderness place. A wilderness. Now he's, he's outside again. You see that? He's, out, he, he's outside. He's outside. In a wilderness place. What's a wilderness? It's a place where it's wild. See the wilderness take off the, all the suffixes, and you got a wild place. It's it's a place that people haven't cultivated. It's a place where people hadn't built anything. It's a place that just God made, and it goes right out there in the middle of the wild and talks to Daddy. That's important. I like it. How many of you guys get some good time in your deer stands? You get you you like it, don't you, Anna? You get out in that wilderness place, and the only thing you can hear. Are squirrels and frogs and God. That's a good place. And a few coyotes here and there. Yeah, you want to keep <laughs> yeah, you want to keep a good ear on them. <laughs> they represent something else in the Bible. <laughs> I'm afraid. So so he goes back outside to this wilderness place. All right, so now. What what we at? Six six twelve. All right, I like this little Bible program. Don't you like that? You can just get to where you need to go. 
6.12 says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. You see, are you seeing something developing again? Same thing. And he continued all night in prayer to God. So Jesus here pulls an all-nighter. Let, let's write that down. Let, let's write all night. You ever, you ever prayed all night? I mean, I'm not trying to throw anything your way, make you feel bad or make you feel bad. I'm not, not doing that. But there comes times. I, I believe Jesus is teaching us something right here. You know what he's getting ready to do? He's getting ready to choose his disciples. So what Jesus is teaching us right here as we're following him, when it comes time to make huge major decisions in life, you need to spend some extra time with God. Just the morning and evening thing may not do good. It may not be enough. I don't, I don't know about you. I was raised in an old church. And my daddy was an old-fashioned preacher at one time before he started wearing all that fancy stuff and showing up at church in blue jeans. He used to be real old-fashioned. And they used to pray, and the church mothers would get to the altar, and they would pray. I'm not even joking, not one bit. They would pray all night. They'd put it on their schedule, and they would pray all night. Anybody ever been to an all-night church prayer meeting? I'm talking about all night. I know we used to have watch night services. You know, they would last till like 1 o'clock in the morning. But I'm talking about all night. Like Lionel Richie, all night long. I mean, just all night. What in the world? Well, Jesus did that. He's teaching us about making big decisions. You got something big on your plate right now? Concerning a relationship, concerning a, a, trans, a transaction you got to make in life or a transition you need to make in life, some kind of business decision. You need to, whether you stay all night or not, that's your business between you and God. But spend some extra time when you got big decisions on your plate. You need to hear from God in a big way. Hmm. So Jesus does that. All right. All right. So now, 918. Let's go to that one. Y'all right? I'm having a good time if y'all ain't, so it's all right. Okay. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, said, who do the crowd say that I am? Okay, so now Jesus is praying by himself. Starts off by himself. So we see this, this pattern again. What's, what's, where's he at? First of all, what does he do? He's alone. That's super important. Corporate prayer is fun and it's good. But private prayer is where it's at. Didn't Jesus say something about that? That when you pray, go into your secret place and there you're going to meet your father. See, that's that long time. Now, I love praying with people. And in fact, Jesus shows us he, he, he's praying alone, but then I think it's Peter, James, and John join him. And they begin to pray together. So it's, also, it's okay to pray alone? Certainly necessary. It's also okay to pray with other people. All right? So now, now so let's, let's put that on our, our list. So now, let's go here. We got alone with others. All right, can you see that? <laughs> let's see. How do I want to... Let's go, back, go to verse 28. Then I want to go to John 17. And we'll call it a day. 28, 29. Same chapter. Luke chapter 9. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. 
Okay, we've seen that before. Now it's with Peter, James, and John again. And as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. Now this is on the mount, we call the Mount of Transfiguration. This is what happens right here. But I want to tell you something. It is no coincidence that Jesus had this supernatural experience at the same time he was praying. That is not a coincidence. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. Now let's go over here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go with this one. I got several more, but I know that the mind can only comprehend what the rear end can endure. Isn't that the truth? You don't see. He, you ought to come to church just to see what I'm going to say. Is what you ought to. Come. <laughs> you don't ever know. You don't ever know. It's all right. John seventeen twenty through twenty two. So we're talking about all this idea of prayer. Okay. Before we read that, let's go to our list again. So we picked up some things just reading six or eight scriptures, whatever we read. Morning. Got got it in your head. That's important. Put that in. Put that in your, your toolbox. Pray in the morning. Alone. Hey, pray with your spouse. That's a wonderful thing. But find some alone time. All right? Evening. Jesus is praying in the evening. He, he's praying outside. I believe he goes to a mountain on that, that deal right there. Stand. Stand before God. We're, we're going to get to some stuff we're going to teach here before too long about you presenting your body to God. That's important. You can do that while you stand before him. Lord, Lord, here's my hands. Here, here's my feet where you want to take me today. Lord, here's my, here's my tongue. Oh, that thing's trouble. All, all that stuff. Why are you standing? All right? may have some things to clean up here. might need to forgive. You may need to ask forgiveness. That, that forgiveness becomes an issue when you pray. Then we got alone again. Okay? We got outside. We got that all night. All right? Then we got alone again. We got praying with others. And then it repeated it the last couple of times we read it. It repeated this alone thing, this, this alone stuff, all right? Jesus is teaching us something now. Don't miss his steps. We're to walk in them. Don't miss what he's doing. We're hearing what he's saying sometimes, but watch what he's doing. Because see, here's the goal of a disciple. See, your goal as a disciple is not to get to heaven. We've kind of been misnomered by that. Your goal is not to get to heaven. Your goal is to follow Jesus and to become more like Him. And guess what? When you follow Him, you get to heaven. You understand the difference? Because there's a whole lot of people that's got their ticket punched to go to heaven, and they're not following Jesus. And I don't know if they're going to make it. I mean, that's between Him and them. I don't know if they're going to make it, because He's going somewhere, and if you're not following Him, you're not going to make it. You understand what I'm talking about? Because it's not just matters what you say at this altar or what a prayer that you pray one time. It's about a journey. It's about these steps that we take where we're walking and we're following Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, you'll experience everything you need to experience. And you'll gain everything you need to gain. Right? Now, I, w- I want to take you with this in closing. Now we're going to hear what he says. We- we've got the transcript, so to speak. John is... Hearing Jesus pray. And we're, we're stepping right into a real holy of holies type situation. Jesus is talking to his father. It's, it's real interesting what he says. He says this, I do not pray for these alone. He's talking about those disciples, those 11 disciples that are in that garden. He's in, he's in Gethsemane right here, we believe. 
I don't pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Oh, wonder who that is. That's all the believers that's going to come to Christ because of the testimony and the witness of the apostles. And guess who that involves? That's us. That's us too. Here's what he prays. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. So you see this idea of one. That they all may be one. I believe he's talking about coming together in unity in the family, in the body of Christ. And Boy, that's a hard thing to maintain. We all got different ideas and different opinions and different, different thoughts about this and how to spend the money. We got different thoughts about interpreting, interpreting scripture. We got all different kinds of things going on in our minds and walks of life and experiences and fears and insecurities and all those kinds of things. So getting us on the same page is a big deal. And Jesus says, I want them to be one. I want them to have the unity between them that you and I have with each other. And it, it keeps going here now. That they also may be one in us. Uh-oh. So we're not just one together, one body, but we're one with God. We're one with Him. See, this is what Jesus is talking about. He's showing us how to pray so that we can experience this oneness between us and God. Well, there's no distance there's no fracturing of the relationship. There's, there's no lull in the relationship. There's no, no lack of intimacy in the relationship. But my heart has been connected with him. And Jesus is praying in the garden. He's about to be crucified. This is the time where he's praying where the blood's going to show up here in just a little bit. Where he's so praying is so excruciatingly. And he's saying, I want them to be one. I want them to have a oneness with you, God. And when they get to be one with you, the world's going to know it. They're going to know that you sent me. And listen to this. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. The whole prayer is worthy of more attention. But what we're doing, while we're focusing on prayer, is so that you and I can be experiencing this oneness in a way that we never have before. I'm hungry for that. I was going to preach about humility and hunger today. And my mind just kind of went to this other. But are you hungry for something? I mean, something besides the harbor and something besides the fried chicken, something besides roasting the crock pot. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you hungry for something about God? Lord, help us. I guess it's in order, Lord, for us to first to just say, Lord, forgive us. I, I know, forgive me would be appropriate. We haven't always taken these things as serious as we need to. We hadn't always made, made time. Need you to forgive us. And Lord, help us to see the importance of everything that we, we need. Help us. And Lord, may we just learn the importance of walking out this life with you. That we don't just have times that we pray, but Lord, we have a life that just is wrapped around you. We've got things we need to talk to you about. 
We've got things we need to receive from you. We, we just need you in our life. We, we can't, we, we've already done so much of this life on our own. and about, We wrecked the ship for sure. So we, we need your help. And Lord, this week as we all gather at our alone place, at our own little secret places all over this community, just pray that you would, some supernatural way, that you'd bind us together with one another, but you would also bind us together with you. And we begin to experience that intimacy that you talked about, Jesus, with that one, that word one. Bless our time, Lord. Just pray against all the things the enemy would throw at us, the condemnation, the, the busyness, and all the, I, I, I can't do this. All that stuff that he brings. We just stand against that in Jesus' name. And we will be intentional. And we will give you our attention. And we'll give you our time. Because we want to see you in our time. Look, we desperately need you. And there's a world out there that we brush shoulders with every day that needs to see you in us. Let that be. Let it happen right here where we are. In the name of Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.